Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are so great and so awesome. Uh, we can't fathom it, and, and we humbly try to give you praise in our, our, our broken lives and broken flesh. And we can never do you honor and justice. But we do come humbly before you, and we give you thanks for the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And I want to just use this time to pray uh, over the people here, because I know there are people here who are struggling, uh, maybe who don't know victory is theirs or know how to claim it, and are continuing to walk through a war, uh, a spiritual war, maybe it's... a mental war or a physical war uh, dealing with things in this world. And we just want to pray that, that we would know more and more each day victory that is ours in Christ. And even if we feel day by day that we lose a battle, we know the war is won. And we can know that you are with us, you're walking with us, you're carrying us. You have saved us. So each day, what we think may be a loss, we have victory each and every day in Jesus Christ. I pray we know it. I pray we claim it. I pray we walk in it. In your name, amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat. And you can turn to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. Let's start with a question. Just think about it for a moment. What is the greatest battle that you are facing? Or maybe it's what is the greatest battle that you have faced? So it could be going down right now, or maybe it has happened before, but what is it? Is it it physical? Is it illness? Uh, Is it brokenness in a relationship? Uh, Is it a sense of being abandoned? Is it worry for a child? The battle, the biggest battle of your life. What is it? Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I, think, I think all of us love to win, like, like we love to, to win, to have victory. And I want to show a picture up on screen. Uh, I love this picture. Uh, it's, it's famous. I don't know if you've seen it or, or not. It's called uh, The Kiss. There it goes. The Kiss. Anybody, anybody seen that picture before? Seen it? You know it? Okay. Uh, now, I don't know if you know the backstory behind it. Backstories are fascinating to me. This picture was taken right as World War II ended, what is called VJ Day, uh, Victory Over Japan, uh, on Times Square. And the sailor uh, and the girl uh, did not know each other at all. Uh, at all. Actually, a couple years ago, I saw on a, a news show, they, they brought this this guy and this girl back together again. They were still alive and reconnected them. It was totally random, and, but there was such joy. And you may be like, I like that sailor style. I don't know, but, you know, <laughs> you know he just embraced. I mean, that, to celebrate this victory, this global victory, and that finally uh, they had peace. Uh, there was peace. It's called VJ Day. Back then, World War II, Victory Over Japan Day, people were celebrating. And I think for us, 
the battles that we do face, be it spiritual, physical, mental, psychological, whatever, we need to know that each day we have victory in Jesus. Each day can be our, our VJ day. Each day. It can begin on a day. Mine began in May 1987. That was my, that's when I claimed victory. That's when I was baptized, May 1987. But it doesn't have to be one day. It doesn't have to be like your day of baptism or your day when like, hey, the moment happened. My wife's, remember, it was February 2003. It's every day. Victory in Jesus Day. We're in uh, this series, and we're looking at the Psalms. We're calling it Worship and Wisdom. Uh, it ties into this idea, this theme of rise with God, growing our intimacy with God, which rise with God is part of our mission of raising leaders. So we're starting with R, rising God. And we're looking six weeks in the Psalms about worship. And then we'll have six weeks in Ecclesiastes on wisdom. But they are tied together. And I'm talking about victory today because Psalm 18, if you know it, is all about victory. Uh, that David, who wrote this psalm, this was an expression of rejoicing after he had victory from his enemies. Victory over Saul. Uh, victory over those that were trying to defeat David, to kill him. And so this was really his, his response psalm. Rejoicing in victory. And for us, we're like, that's great for David. Well, what's fascinating as you get into the psalm is how much it points to Jesus Christ and our victory today. Victory for David then, then victory in Christ in the New Testament, but victory today. And I, I'm going to say this every Sunday. All the Psalms are pointing to Jesus. You may not know it, you may not realize it, but I pray that we see it over and over again. So Psalm 18, and I want to go through it. It's a longer Psalm. We're not going to read every verse, but I want to highlight some verses and highlight some points that it is making. First off, Verse 1 and 2, there is this openness that David has to the Lord of love. Like he loves God. And I always say this, Christianity is not what you do. Christianity is who you love. If you remember nothing else today, it's early in the sermon. So you can remember this, Christianity is not what we do. It is about who we love. And David here loves God. He opens up, I love you, O Lord, my strength. I love you, God. You know, it's very easy to know God and not love him. A great example is Judas. Very intimate with the Lord, one of the twelve. It is easy to know God and not love him. It is easy to know Jesus and not love him. And we want to grow a love for Jesus Christ. Verse 2, I love this verse. Look at... Talk about intimacy, talking about how David loves God. He uses my eight times. And he gives eight names for his Lord. My rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. First he says, my. And there is this intimacy, and what I hope that y'all would know is that the Lord is yours. 
There is this my relationship. It is personal. Jesus died for you individually. Yes, for the world, but, but it's personal. It's my God. He's my Lord. He's my shield. He's my rock. Do you know God like that? When you do, there is this love that, that overflows. It's not conceptual. It's a, it's a heart deal. And we see it in David. But David's in trouble, or at least it opens with him recapping the trouble that he has. And he says, I call upon the Lord. Just ask, ask us, me too, a simple question. Who do you call when trouble hits? Who do you call when things hit the fan? Because I mean, I mean we, we make the calls. Sometimes y'all call me. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it'll be a friend. Sometimes, sometimes it can turn into a gossip fest. Amen? Easy. Who do you text? Who do you call? Often we do not call on the Lord. We call on friends, call on significant others, text friends, just a text and spree. I've seen it, okay? Call on the Lord first. David does here. And when you know God is my rock, my fortress, my... When that is going on, you'll call on Him first. But then he goes on to talk about his need. And, and I love the words that he used. I mean, he's a poet. He, he gives pictures and words. He says, verse 4, The cords of death encompass me. The cords of Sheol, Sheol being the underworld, entangled me. How many of y'all feel like that sometimes? It's like the, the cords, and I really want you to listen I, because this, this is real. It's like these cords of hell, hell on earth, uh, of death, of, of darkness, of bleakness. And you don't have to be like, you know, bipolar or be, de- you know, prone to depression. This can be in relationship. This can be, this can be physical illness. But you just feel like they are reaching up to pull you down and drown you. You might know that feeling. Get an amen. I'd say amen. Amen. This is David. I love the cord. It's like these cords of darkness are just pulling me down. What does he do? Again, who do you call on? Verse 6. In my distress, I call upon the Lord. In my distress, I call upon the Lord. Then it says, from his temple he heard my voice. And you can read that and you think like, well, you know, yep, God, you know, temple in the heavens. Jesus was described as a new temple. He said... I will tear this temple down and rebuild it in three days. Simple. Call on Jesus. He's there. It's not some lofty in the clouds or in the heavens of our imagination. He's here by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we do not need to call on Him enough. So, David shows his love, shows his need. And now we go into the psalm and it, it shows in, again, the powerful descriptions how the Lord saves David and how he saves us. I want you to look at this. Verse 7 through verse 19. If you're tracking with me, you could break down this psalm in a couple parts, but verse 7 through 19 talks about how God saved David. And, and you read this, you're like, man, I mean, I, I'm just, you're like checking out, you know, it's like, you know, it sounds like Revelation kind of does. I mean, earth reeled and rocked. Smoke went up from his nostrils. 
Uh, Verse 10, he rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of his wind. Beautiful, poetic, you know, psalms, but like practical for today? No, I mean, that's that's what I thought reading psalms like this. The Lord thundered in the heavens, verse 13. Here's what David is doing, and it is actually very, very practical for today. First, he's looking back. David was a smart man, wise guy. He's looking back to the Lord's work, the very real historical work of God in the Exodus with Moses, uh, with Joshua, uh, with the judges, uh, if you've ever read Judges, with God's work in history, tying that to his life. And then he was a prophet, and then he was looking forward to the work of Jesus on the cross. Because if you know a little bit of the story of the cross, the earth shook that day, darkness descended. So David was looking back, but as a prophet, he was pointing to Jesus at what the Lord would do. And verse 17, it says, He rescued me from my strong enemy from those who hated me, from those who were too mighty for me. The strongest enemy we face is death. That we face here today is death. It's the strongest enemy. Jesus defeated it. 2 Corinthians 4, 14 should be up on the screen. We can have this, this confidence, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. God who raised the Lord will raise us. You can know that. So God here, just think about this for a minute. You look at these verses, cherub, thundered, earth reeled and rocked. I mean, we're very practical people. And we're like Americans. We win. We're doers, all this. Hey, you know, help me out with my finances, with my love life, my marriage life, and, you know, give me some Philippians 4.13. I can do all things in Christ's strength. I mean, I like that. Amen. Amen. But you look at this, this psalm. This is what God can do for you today. This is what I believe. I believe the God that worked in Moses' life, the God who worked in David's life, and the God who raised Jesus from the cross... It's the same God who can rock your world today, this morning, this afternoon, who is there in the midst of our trials, our challenges. And, you know, often, I don't think we know God like that. I think we know, hey, I want my way, God. Backseat at best, if not spare tire. But letting this God, the ruler of all, Lord of all creation, drive our lives. So when we're depressed... And when our spouse walks out, and when we're battling illness, and when friends check out, and we give up, and we lose the job, the Lord of all creation is in your life and working in your life. And you may be like, easy for you to say, I don't have a job, my spouse walked out, and I'm battling depression. Well, it's got to start somewhere, and it can start in faith. And I have this faith in the written word of God's word, in the history of a God working in the life of Moses, David, and raising Jesus from the dead, who will also raise us from the dead. And if we don't have that faith, yeah, life will be hell on earth. Amen? Amen. But we have it at our fingertips, right here, right here. Claim it. Claim victory in Jesus. Why does he save us? You can tell you about how, why does he save us? 
verses 20 through 30, talk more about the why that he saves us. Well, doesn't he save us because he loves us? Well, yes. But there is a posture that we got to have. You know, posture? You know, like some people posture and they're like cocky. Some people cocky without a reason. You know, get some amens on that. Some people posture humble humility. There is a posture that we need to have towards God. David says here, verse 20, The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, to cleanness. Verse 23, I was blameless. Well, if you know anything about David, he was not altogether righteous, nor clean, nor blameless. If you know the Sunday school story, what did he do? He saw Bathsheba bathing. He was like, I want that. And it could accurately be described. He looked and said, I want that. So then he had her husband killed. So he lusted. He coveted. Covered another man's wife. He murdered. He lied about it. David was not blameless. First Kings, a verse in First Kings, look at this, says, Because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and did not turn aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. That was Bathsheba's husband. Uriah was probably up there in the heavens telling the guys, like, he's, he's not blameless. No, no, sir. You may like him, I don't, you know. I think that'd be an interesting conversation, Uriah, how he felt about David. But, but anyway, I digress. So why would he have saved David? Well, first off, this psalm continues to point to Jesus. David is a prophet. Who is clean? Who is blameless? Who saves us by his righteousness? Jesus. David, David was a prophet in seeing the work God would do in Jesus. And so we are, we're not blameless, and we're not clean, and we're not right, just as David. But Jesus saves us by his righteousness. You know, there was a, a young girl, and I want to share this, young girl, I'm honored to teach this class, and uh, part of the class is in, um, it's called Moral Communication and Leadership. And I have students... Uh, do some speeches every now and then. And this young girl, who's a senior this year, I'm not going to say her name, she gave this speech. The topic uh, was, what is your greatest struggle that you're working to overcome or have overcome? Like, what, what's your greatest deal, your struggle? And she got up here, and she was, you know, she was a senior. She was, um, um, you know, she was not, um, didn't have just a great voice, I'll say that. Didn't have, like, great posture, poise. But her speech was exceptional. I heard it this week because she opened her heart so much. She said things that I, I rarely hear any human being say. What she said, she got up there. It was a small class, like 10 of us. And she said, so my greatest struggle is I want attention all the time. And she said, my heart is so dark. She said those words. My heart is so dark that... I can't ever be fulfilled, and I just want people to see me and know me and like me all the time. And then she said, said, and even when my sister got sick with cancer, and people were checking in on her, and then they check in on me, and she said, I liked it. And she said, I can't even stand myself because I liked, when my sister was sick, I liked the attention. And she said, my heart is so dark. I got up there, and I said, that, that was exceptional. That that insight 
And I don't, think, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, admit to that. My point being in saying that story with y'all is, why does God save us? When our posture is humble like that, when we realize that what is in us, as Jesus said, it's not what's outside that corrupts, it's what's inside. And we admit, verse 27, for you save a humble people but the haughty eyes you bring down. That humility the Lord receives and the Lord invades and saves. Going into, as we get to the end of this psalm, God calls us to fight. God calls us to be fighters. I believe that. It's biblical. He gives us weapons to fight. Just as he gave David, if you look going down to verse 31, 32, 33, David says, he equipped me with strength. He made my feet like the feet of a deer. He trains my hands for war. He gave, gives me the shield. We have weapons. We're in a war. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We're in this fight. And Ephesians goes on. It says, you know, we don't battle flesh and blood. We battle the authorities, the cosmic powers of this present darkness, the spiritual forces at work against us. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. I preached on this passage before. I love this. What is the armor of God? It's the belt of truth that holds it all together. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the shoes of peace. It's the helmet of salvation. It's the shield of faith. And it's the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word, and praying at all times. We come here, we come together to realize how God equips us for the fight as we go out from here. Because it is a fight and it is a battle. And many of you face multiple battles. From, there's a physical deal, so God attacks you in the spiritual because of the physical, or the depression impacts the physical, and it's just like this, you know, conversion of it all. But God is with us, and He gives us these resources. The sword of the Spirit, God's Word, knowing the Word of God, praying at all times, the shield of faith. Even if you don't know, you can begin with faith. The helmet of salvation, that we are saved and nothing can take your salvation from you, protecting the head. Shoes of peace. We walk in peace, even in hell on earth, even in war. This is biblical. This is true. God gives it to us. Claim it, starting today. And then David closes. And I love this. And I hope you see Jesus in this psalm, because he's all throughout it. Verse 43, it says, You delivered me from strife with the people. You made me the head of nations, people whom I had not known serve me. David did not become the head of nations, historically. Jesus Christ is. In that one verse, he continues to point to Jesus. Every knee will bow one day to Jesus. Why don't we start bowing today to the Lord of all creation? He gives us victory. David continues on, He's, verse 46, The Lord lives, blessed be my rock. The last verse, great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. 
The king of all kings is Jesus. When we know him and give our life to him, he anoints us. We're the offspring of David in Christ. God gives his love to us. Last verse put up on screen. David's kingdom really is it's like a scale model. My son uh, loves to do models. Really, it's like Legos. He'll build like these things. You know, it's like, and it's really a scale model of the ultimate kingdom of Jesus Christ. Revelation eleven fifteen. Look at this. We're starting Revelation on Wednesday night. But it says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there was a loud voice in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Even if you don't know all the details or all the backstory, this is biblical. This is also literal. This is the future, and I want it to be your future when you say, I want today to be my VJ day. That's when I begin to live, victory in Jesus. Depression, he's got it. Cancer, he's got it. Divorce, he's got it. Maybe divorce, he's got it. Child, I don't know where he or she is, he's got it. I am walking and claiming in victory in Jesus today and every day. It can begin today. We need to know this. We live, me too. Really such, I mean, we we get brought down by such things of, that hold us back and that the devil uses. Know it, claim it, begin it. Victory. I like to win. Don't you like to win? Newsflash, you've won in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the good news, the good news that is all throughout Scripture. Thank you for opening up your word, letting us see that all things begin and end, well, they'll never end in Jesus Christ. I pray for us, me, my family, the lives that are here, we would walk in victory in the midst of battles, we'd claim it. And I pray that some folks that are struggling would begin it today, that this would be their victory in Jesus' day, but that we know every day can be. Thank you, God, for the faith that you give us, for the word that you provide, for the Holy Spirit that's here, for the King of all kings who saved us. In his name we pray, amen.